Hare Krishna. A warm welcome to all of you for today's Gita Life session. The topic for the day is Escape the Cage Before You Age. Many of you must be wondering, what is the cage we are talking about? As we have been discussing in our previous sessions, Atma, the soul, keep the main thing the main thing. So the main thing is the Atma, the soul, without which when that Atma leaves the body, we cremate the body or bury the body. Body minus Atma is a dead body. So this Atma is encaged, is entrapped in a material body made of five elements, earth, air, water, fire and ether. And in one sense, trapped in this body. Although the Atma is eternal, never dying, because it is trapped in the body and identified with the body, it experiences death, old age, diseases and rebirth. So the cage what we are talking about is getting trapped in body life after life. Punar api janma, punar api marana. Much against our wish, in different species of life, as plants, as birds, as aquatics, reptiles, animals, and after many, many lifetimes, human beings, which also is not a permanent life form. And this Atma is transmigrating. We all don't want death, but we are forced to experience death. Forced to experience old age. Much against our wish, we are forced to experience diseases of various kinds. And nobody is an exception. So today the session is all about what is this cage in which the Atma is trapped, how it is trapped and how we can escape from this cage, this entrapment. So before we get into the details, let's start the session with prayers as usual. Request all of you to kindly fold your hands. Depending on the circumstances, situations at your end, you can also join me in offering the prayers and uh, repeat the prayers along with me. Nama Om Vishnupadaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminitinamine Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shiva Sadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Namo Mahavadanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya 
नामने गौरतुसे नमः नमो ब्रह्मणे देवाय गो ब्राह्मणे हिताय जगदिताय कृष्णाय गोविंदय नमो नमः हे कृष्णा करुणा सिंधो दीनबंधो जगत्पते गोपेशा गोपिका कांता राधा कांता नमोस्तुते तप्त कांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रिये वाचकलपतरुभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतितना पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नमः हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्णा हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे सो वी ब्रीफली टॉक्ड अबाउट द सोल बीइंग ट्रैप्ड और एंगेज्ड इन अ बॉडी व्हिच इज अंडरगोइंग जन्मा मृत्यु जरा व्याधि पुनरपि जन्मा पुनरपि मरणा लाइफ आफ्टर लाइफ इन 84 लाख स्पीशीज ऑफ लाइफ चौरासी लाख योनिया सो एस वी हैव बीन डूइंग वील कवर थ्री प्रिंसिपल्स थ्री एस्पेक्ट्स एंड सी हाउ वी कैन अंडरस्टैंड द होल कॉन्सेप्ट बिहाइंड द एंट्रैपमेंट ऑफ द सोल एंड द सोल एक्सट्रिकेटिंग एक्सिटिंग फ्रॉम दिस केज Sometimes people this call this also as mukti, moksha, or liberation. So the first principle which we are going to focus on is the right age to start. I am sure many of you might have encountered this once we start practicing Krishna consciousness. When we start wearing a kanti mala or putting a tilak. or start chanting on the beads and especially if a person is young in his 20s 30s 40s invariably you will hear comments like this is not the right time yes spirituality is important yes religion is important but you will definitely hear this but this is not the right time there is time for everything this is a time when you have to grow in your career make a lot of money buy a good house settle yourself in life get married have nice children take care of their good upbringing and yes post retirement post 70 years 75 years maybe when your grandchildren have got settled comfortably they've got married and you are relatively free from all so called family responsibilities then you can practice spiritual life this is the common understanding 
people don't say that it is wrong but they say that this is too early i'm sure all of you have heard about this person called socrates he used to run a school in his small town where he used to stay equivalent of you know in vedic time there were gurukuls and the school was predominantly focused on teaching morality ethics to small children and he was known for that he was quite upright big thinker we have heard of him plato socrates so one lady approached socrates and said i want my son to get trained by you in your school i want to get him admitted here for the last few days i have been thinking about it but i have a dilemma so socrates just to comfort that lady asked what's the dilemma lady so she said my child is 5 years old i'm just wondering is it too early for him to get admitted in your school and start learning is it the right time is it too early so socrates asked the lady oh lady what's the age of your child so the lady replied my child is barely barely 5 years old so before she could complete socrates snapped at her said lady rush rush you're already 5 years late pralad maharaj in the shrimad bhagavatam 7th canto in his instructions he says kaumaram acharet pragno dharma dharman bhagavatan iha kaumaram from the very childhood acharet dharman bhagavatan ya this this understanding has to be taught from kaumara age kaumara means right from the very childhood this human form of life he continues saying that this human form of life is very rarely achieved and other life forms as i mentioned there are 84 lakh unia 84 lakh species plants birds innumerable species of plants birds reptiles aquatics underwater 84 lakh species although this human form of life is temporary it is not that eternally we get this human form of life which is very valuable arthadam it is very very meaningful we can achieve something substantial as far as coming out of the cage is concerned although this human form of life is temporary but it is very meaningful because it affords us a wonderful opportunity to understand about who we are why we are encaged and how to come out of this cage and when does this learning this understanding starts kaumaram achret pragno from the very childhood that's why in vedic times there were gurukul systems where a child including pandavas krishna himself went and learned this science brahmavidya under the guidance of a guru and learn 
the art of controlling the mind, controlling the senses, because which is very important for us to understand this great science. Bhoktaram yagna tapasam bhogaishwaryat prasakta nam taya pritachetasam When our mind is bewildered by bhoga and aishwarya, when our senses are uncontrolled, mind is rattled with so many materialistic thoughts, it is not possible. Steady intelligence whereby we can understand about God, think of God, remember God will not come about. So, the first 25 years was predominantly focused on controlling the mind, controlling the senses, learning those principles which was predominantly called Brahmacharya. And the next 25 years, a person would get into family lives, would get, so to say, exposed to worldly pleasures, but in a regulated way. More so because of the training which he has undergone in the first 25 years. And knowing that ultimate goal of life is not to eat, drink, be merry and enjoy life and settle down comfortably. At the age of 50, people would voluntarily start detaching themselves from family life. And that stage was called Vanaprastha. And after 25 years of preparing for that so-called renunciation, a person would completely give up all connections with the family and that stage of life was called sannyasa so that with single-mindedness, with no distraction whatsoever, the person could focus on extricating the soul from this body or escaping the cage before we fall into the clutches of death. So this was what the Vedic time was. I, few months back I had to visit a person's house and uh, the person was, you know, I was ushered in. I was requested to kindly wait and the person would, he was a big man, big businessman and never seen such a big screen and very crystal clear display. So in that television screen, there was, you know, a channel being displayed, I mean, National Geography. Good old days I used to watch. Shows a lot about the world, the animals, different species, how they mate, how they eat, how they defend. So, I was waiting and a nice big television LED set right in front of me and nice very beautiful crystal clear images being displayed. So I became a little curious and started watching. So this movie or this documentary was about a jungle cat. And it took some time for that person to come, could be maybe 15-20 minutes and I was watching, patiently watching, I had nothing else much to do. And this was quite tempting, you know, crystal clear display, nice shots, very good photography, very good videography. So I started watching. And for next 20-25 minutes, it was all about how this wild cat is making arrangements for its food, for its defense, for its shelter. Predominantly, it was all about how it eats, how it sleeps, how it mates, how it defends. Our scriptures say 
in all life forms in all life forms in one way or the other maybe in a very crude way maybe in a very unsophisticated way in all life forms we dabble in eating sleeping mating and defending if we also predominantly do these activities in human form of life in a much more refined way much more gorgeous way much more sophisticated way animals may defend using claws we may defend using intercontinental ballistic missiles which have a range of 7500 meters with a precision of plus minus 1 meter that precision missiles we may defend but the act of defense is the same we may have big big chefs you know nice channels giving us so many recipes so many ways in which we can cook our food make it look so attractive attractive to look at very palatable in taste it's all about eating shila prabhupad was quite blunt when he said animals may have sex on the street we may have it in an air conditioned building in a multi storied apartment in a very cozy bed in an air conditioned room but the act is the same the pleasure is the same the quality of activity is the same therefore our scriptures say if advancement is all about making elaborate gorgeous arrangements for eating sleeping mating and defending then we are wasting this valuable human form of life which affords us an opportunity to understand who we are why we are trapped lot of people have this question in their mind why there is so much misery in this world why there so many difficulties if god is kind then why people are suffering people have this questions but either we don't have time we are so entangled we don't pause to introspect and find answers to this question or even if we find if we try to find using our mind will not come to a clear crystal clear understanding and we give up that attempt it is like this the world is like this and we give up flow with the tide so as i mentioned this human form of life yes eating is required sleeping is very important krishna also says one who is one who eats too much or eats too little sleeps too much or does not sleep cannot be a yogi but making gorgeous arrangement for all these things is not the goal of life the goal of life is to understand god our relationship with him revive that relationship purify our life and ultimately extricate the soul from this entrapment this cage of repeated birth and death so this is the first point i wanted to share with all of you the right age to start and what is the right age the right age is kaumaram acharet pragno from the very childhood i have shared this example let's say this pen represents our life this represents the day we came in this world the day we were born and let's say this end represents the day we are going to leave this world which is inevitable 
One who has taken birth is sure to die. For one who has died is sure to take birth again. So I have used this example in many of my talks. Many of you may be familiar with it. If this pen represents our life, this is the day we took birth, this is the day we are going to leave this world. So if I ask somebody, and I've done this practically, where are you currently placed as far as your life is concerned? So people quickly calculate if they are 40 years. So, you know, if I call someone, they'll come and point it here. You know, assuming that our life is for 100 years, so or 80 years average lifespan. So 40 years means somewhere in between. And then I ask the audience, is that answer correct? Can we be very confident of it? People start laughing. Some of them have understood where I am heading. We start laughing because we cannot be sure. We cannot be sure that today if I am 40 years, I am halfway through. It could be, could be the last year of my life. It could be the last day of my life. We see many accidents. If you see the headlines, if you check the newspapers, you'll invariably have news of different tragedies, different you know, famines, earthquakes, natural calamities, some accidents, and many young people also lose their lives. So therefore, Abhagavatam says when Parikshit Maharaj, when he was cursed that he will die in seven days, Prabhupada writes that at least Parikshit Maharaj had a notice that he had seven days of time left. We don't have that notice also. Sometimes people say, yes, in future, post-retirement, what is the guarantee that we'll be living till that time? Knowing that human form of life is very precious, very rarely achieved, we have to begin it now. Today. And do justice to this human. Otherwise, if we are just dabbling in eating, sleeping, mating, recreating ourselves and engage in various activities to maintain the body, we are wasting this valuable opportunity. So that's the first point. I request devotees, if you can share this point, the point, the first point we covered in the chat, in the live chat. And uh, while you all are sharing, we move on to the next point. This next point is rarely achieved. I repeat, the next point is rarely achieved. Now you may wonder what is rarely achieved. I will, before I get into the details, it is said that whatever we see in this world is nothing but the Lord and His energies. Predominantly it is material energy and spiritual energy. Lord and His energies. And then we have the spiritual energy which the spiritual world is constituted of, the internal energy. And you have the material energy, this material world is constituted, this material body is constituted of. It's also energy of the Lord. Can I see the chat? So, <clears throat> it is said that of the energies, material and spiritual, spiritual energy is superior. Now, in this spiritual energy, the living entities which are 
spiritual energy of the Lord, the Atma is the soul, it's spirit. In the spiritual energy also, there are 84 lakh kind of species. And out of this 84 lakhs, 4 lakhs are human beings. So out of 84 lakhs species, which are out of the spiritual energy of the Lord, this 4 lakhs species of human beings are superior. Now out of 4 lakh species, you have broadly speaking uncivilized and civilized. In human form also you can have uncivilized people and you have spiritual uh, civilized people. Of the two, the civilized are superior. In the civilized society also, there are people who are followers of the Vedas, followers of the religious principles and there are people who do not follow. The follower of the Vedas, the followers of the religious principles are superior. Now as we are drilling down, you see the numbers are reducing. Now you have the entire energy of the Lord of which material energy is a small part, the spiritual energy is the large part, it is superior. In the spiritual energy you have 84 lakh species, in that 4 lakh is superior, it's much lesser. And in that 4 lakh also you have a large part which is uncivilized and in which a small part which are civilized are superior. In the civilized also there are broadly speaking people who are followers of Vedas, they could be civilized atheists, very educated, eminent personalities, well dressed, quote unquote very gentle in their behavior, ethical in their conduct but non-believers in God. So you have the followers of the Vedas and you have the people who do not follow. So that segment is superior. Now followers of the Vedas also you could have birth in western world. Our scriptures say Bharat Bhumile Janma Hoile Yar, the one who has taken birth in India it is rare, superior because we have quick access, easy access to dharma, easy access to Vedic literatures, easy access to the places of pilgrimage where holy men reside, we can associate with them, we have access to sadhu sangha. Although yes, sadhu sangha in one form or other is also available in other parts of the world. But India is called Dharma Bhumi, Bharata Bhumi, Dharma Bhumi. And now you have a small part of the civilized people who are religious in India. And of that also, there are majority of them who are religious, but they are completely involved in Karma Kanda and Jnana Kanda. In other words, their understanding is religion is all about how to use God. I'll be very blunt in saying this, use God, use God to fulfill their material desires, material ambitions. Or know about Jnana, understand more about the Lord so that we can just extricate from this entanglement and enjoy life. 
karmakand is in jnana kand is jnana is the goal so that we can get relief from all this material miseries and enjoy life lord is not in the picture lord is just a means to an end the end is personal sense gratification enjoyment relief from all the miseries so there is a very nice verse which says koti karma karmi madhye koti means millions of those karmis who are followers of the vedas but their goal is to enjoy their senses fulfill their material desires koti karmi madhye ek gyani shreshta out of millions of such karmis one gyani a person who is striving for transcendental knowledge brahma janati iti brahmana who is interested in brahma vidya ek gyani shreshta koti gyani madhye out of million such gyanis who are striving for knowledge to get relief from the miseries koti gyani madhye haya ek gyanamukta one is actually liberated who has achieved liberation koti mukta madhye and out of millions of people who have achieved liberation from this entanglement ek krishna bhakta one you will find who is devoted or surrendered to the lord can you see how being a devotee of the lord surrendered to the lotus feet of the lord practicing this principle of devotional service is so rare brahmanda bhramite kono bhagyavan jeev guru krishna prasade pai bhakti lata beej out of millions of life forms brahmanda bhramite and wandering in so many planets kono bhagyavan jeev guru krishna prasade pai bhakti lata beej will get the seed of devotion so the point what i am saying is it's rarely achieved as i was mentioning in all other life forms yes we all have near and dear ones we take care of them we dabble ourselves in our requirements of eating sleeping and all that but only in human form of life we have an opportunity to understand who the lord is once there was a thief he used to go to private properties and you know steal it so happened that in that particular place alexander you know we all have heard about alexander used to call alexander the great he was camped with his soldiers and there were many tents put up and this thief thought it's a great opportunity to steal something so he entered one of the tents and it happened to be the tent of alexander it was quite well you know laid out elaborate arrangements were made for alexander's comfort so he happened to enter that tent somehow he managed to enter and uh, he was trying to steal and alexander had many guards many people guarding that particular tent and unfortunately the thief was caught and the thief was caught and brought in front of alexander so alexander seeing the thief 
you know, became very angry. Don't you know? What are you doing? What are you up to? You are stealing? How dare you enter this tent? How dare you steal? So the thief looked at Alexander and he said, I am a small thief and you are also a thief, maybe a bigger thief. So Alexander became even more furious, even more angry. On one side he is caught stealing, on the other side he is saying, you are also a thief. So this man continued, I enter into private properties and I steal some handful of you know, valuables and then exit. You also in a day night, daylight enter into big cities, big towns, plunder the riches and you know, sack full of all the valuables you exit with all your soldiers. So am I not right in saying that I am a small thief? You are calling yourself Alexander the Great. You are thief the Great. So Alexander got a sense of what this man is trying to hint at. He understood the message and he let that thief go. So just because the scale is different, the act is the same. Even Alexander is also engaged in stealing. But just that the scale is different, the magnitude is different. So just because we are engaged in activities, the scale is different and it is very sophisticated, very refined, as I said, intercontinental ballistic missile, nuclear warheads. Just because the scale is different does not make us different. That's why scriptures say such human beings are called dvipada. Dvi means two, pada means legs, dvipada pashu. Animals are on four legs generally. You know, we see dogs, cats, you, know, you have four legs. But animals who run on four legs, human being is also an animal, but dvipada pashu. Our scriptures also use the word called brahmana and kripana. One who uses his life for the right purpose, for understanding why we are engaged and how we can liberate ourselves, extricate ourselves from this janma, mrityu, jara, vyadi, punarapi janma, punarapi marna, such a person is called a brahmana. And a person who does not do that, who utilizes his time predominantly for engaging in acts of eating, sleeping, recreation and work, predominantly maintaining this body, he is called a kripana, a miser person. Now let's understand what is a miser person. Miser is a person, he may have lakhs of rupees, but he has locked them up in his, so to say, almira, nicely locked in his vault, safety vault. And he is practically eating very simple thing. He cannot, he doesn't want to spend money on his clothes, on his, on his eating. We'll call him a kanjus, a kripana, a miser. He has a lot of money, but he doesn't want to spend. He takes satisfaction. Yes, it's there in the vault. So likewise, in human form of life, 
if we do not utilize this human form of life for the purpose for which we have achieved, only in human form of life we can understand about God. Cats and dogs cannot understand, cannot inquire. It is not possible. You might see cats and dogs engaged in some kind of conversation in their own language, but the subject matter of that conversation is all about eating, sleeping, recreation, mating, defense. So if we engage in only those kind of subject matters and conversation, we are called Kripana, a miser. And if we are engaged in higher subject matter, sublime subject matter about who we are, Athato Brahma Jigyasa, now that we have got human birth, inquire into who you are. Inquire into Brahman. Asatoma Satgamaya, Tamasoma Jyotirgamaya. So if we do that, then we become qualified to understand this sublime subject matter and we can extricate ourselves from this engagement. So we'll come to the third point before we move on to Kirtans. I request all the devotees to kindly, in the live chat, help me with the second point. The second point, let us see if someone can get it, what I had mentioned. Otherwise, I will again say before we move on to the Kirtan. Let us see if someone can get the second point. Yes, here we have the answer, rarely achieved. Human form of life is rarely achieved. I mentioned about there are 84 lakh species out of which 4 lakhs are there. And in 4 lakh you have civilized and uncivilized. In civilized also you have followers of the Vedas, non-followers. And in that also you have you know, various jnanis, karmis and then you have muktas. And Koti Muktas Madhye, out of millions of people who have achieved liberation, one will know in truth. Krishna also in the Gita says, Manushya naam sahasreshu kaschit yadati siddhaye, yatatam api siddhanam kaschin maam veti tatvataha. So, rarely achieved, very nice. I see wonderful uh, many devotees typing it out. So let's move on to the Kirtans. Let's have Kirtans for about 8 to 10 minutes and again we join for the third point. Krishna, Krishna, Hare 
Let's do a quick recap of what we have so far discussed. The first point we discussed was the right age to start. And we talked about Prahlad Maharaj's instruction which is Kaumaram Achred Pragno. From the very childhood we have to begin this process because human life is rarely achieved and we do not know how much time we have at our disposal. It is temporary. It is rarely achieved. So there is a sense of urgency. Before we again fall into the clutches of death. Quickly, quickly, quickly endeavor for perfection. So that's the first point. The right age for to start. 
many people talk about it that this is not the right time this is too early for you to get into spirituality so that's the first point and the second point was rarely achieved this human form of life is rarely achieved many gyanis are there many karmis are there many civilized people are there uncivilized people are there and out of this there are some muktas and rarely rarely somebody will have the understanding of the supreme absolute truth lord shri krishna and would endeavor to serve that lord surrender to that lord sarva dharman parityajya mam ekam sharanam raja so that's the second point now coming to the third point the third point is desire right desires desire right desires so long as we have material desires a tinge of material desires we will get another material body krishna is very kind and merciful we had a desire to be an independent enjoyer independent of the lord this material world is created an opportunity is given for us okay go enjoy vanshila prabhupad was in montreal canada and he was talking to the devotees and all of a sudden he saw there was a bug a small insect so prabhupad caught hold of that bug and opened the windows and he said go enjoy and he threw the bug outside the window same way it is said that the lord also when the jiva develop this tendency yes i want to be the lord i want to be the enjoyer material desires i want to be the center of attraction okay go enjoy be the lord and that's how we have come in this material world so so long as we have material desires even if we do not get the opportunity in this life the lord being very kind and merciful will give us another life another life form to fulfill that desire they saying first deserve then desire if we do not have the pious credits to enjoy that particular kind of comfort luxury or whatever we want to achieve krishna will direct us how to accumulate that karma or pious deeds so that in one life we get an opportunity to desire to enjoy so <clears throat> so long as we have a tinge of material desires we'll keep getting we'll be engaged in different material bodies will be entrapped now you may have a body in a heavenly planet with lot of comforts lot of enjoyment lot of luxuries it is compared to a golden cage or tied by golden chain after all it's a chain even in heavenly planets there is repetition of birth death old age and disease just like maybe in the us because of so much elaborate arrangement it appears that people are very comfortable but still there is death there is old age there is misery of diseases now in the current pandemic we are seeing so many people in fact america tops that list in number of 
casualties. So even in heavenly planets, a lot of people aspire to for heavenly happiness, Swargaloka, but there also birth, death, old age and disease is there. So, so long as we have pinch of material desires, we will get a material body and we will remain encaged and trapped in this cycle of Janma, Mrityu, Jara, Vyadi. Therefore, human form of life is an opportunity to purify our desires. Anya, Abhilashita, Shunya. Shunya means zero. Now what scriptures are saying is not that you kill your desires and become with zero desire, inert, like a stone. No. Anya Abhilashita Shunya. Anya means other than lawful desires. Other than the desires which are in line with the instructions of the Lord. Anya Abhilashita. Abhilasha means desires. Shunya. So human form of life affords us an opportunity to purify our existence, understand this knowledge, understand what are material desires, what are spiritual desires, why am I suffering, why am I encaged, why in spite of I not wanting to become old, old age is thrusted upon me, diseases are thrusted upon me. In this present pandemic, we see many rich people Many eminent people who have well-wishers around them, a lot of bank balance, a lot of money at their beck and call, they find themselves helpless. I came across a gentleman, uh, very, very opulent, very, very rich. He's from Mumbai. I called him. So he was in Delhi and a you know, very close relative of his was admitted in the hospital because of COVID. And I tried offering him help. I said, anything you want. I also said, definitely we'll also pray for the person. And then recently I saw his profile photograph on WhatsApp. It was his father-in-law's picture. And when I spoke to him, he said, unfortunately, we couldn't save him. He was a very rich person. He could have just thrown crores of rupees for the treatment, for the best of hospitals, for the best of doctors. But that didn't help. Such a rich person, opulent person says, we couldn't help, we couldn't save that person. All of us will realize we sometimes have a false sense that, you know, I am wealthy, I have near and dear ones, so they will save me, they will protect me. We get a sense of so-called security, but Bhagavatam says, Asat Sainya, when the real war will start, when Kala will unfold, the real miseries will see that this Asat Sainya will run away, will be helpless. So therefore, we have to cultivate the right kind of desires, desire the right desires and give up the wrong desires. So we don't have to kill desires, become zero, but Anya Bilashita, we develop the right kind of desires, pure desires. Instead of desiring to be the center of attraction, we can desire how to make the Lord the center of attraction in our life. Instead of desiring how I can eat nice palatable foodstuff and gratify my tongue, we can desire how I can offer the best of eatables to the Lord and honor the remnants of 
such offerings as prasadam of the Lord. In other words, we are not asked to kill all desires but have lawful desires. So if we utilize this human form of life to understand all the subject matter and progress on this path, purify our lives, purify our desires and then Krishna finally in the Bhagavad Gita says, Yam yam vapi smaran bhavam tyajti ante kalevaram At the point of death, whatever is our consciousness, whatever our thinking, whatever our desires are, based on that we will get the next body. We have the story of Bharat Maharaj. He was thinking of deer at the point of death. As we all know in the Bhagavatam, you know, he went to the forest, he was a king, he went to the forest to focus on meditation, think of the Lord, but he got attached to a deer. And while he was meditating, once in a while he would keep an eye on the deer, just to make sure that the deer is safe. And one day the deer ventured into the forest and it became quite late in the evening, it had not returned. So although he was meditating, but back of the mind he was concerned, he was preoccupied about thinking of the deer. And started thinking, is it really safe? Why has he not returned? Usually by this time the deer was back. I hope nobody has attacked that deer. All these thoughts was full of anxiety. And then he gave up his meditation, went into the forest, deep into the forest, deep dark forest, looking out for the deer, out of sheer attachment, without caring for his life. And because it was dense, dark forest, and he was just screaming, calling out light, where is the deer, where is the deer? Somehow, if he could find, locate the deer, deer probably could locate him or hear his voice. He struck a big rock, fell down and collapsed and died. So Bhagavatam says, before dying, his mind was predominantly occupied with the thoughts of deer. And next life, the same Bharat Maharaj takes birth as a deer. So we'll not get into that pastor, maybe in some other session I'll cover in detail. The deer, although was born as a deer, somebody may wonder why the Lord punished him. After all, his intention was good. He had gone to the forest to meditate on the Lord. Therefore, this deer, he was quite aloof from other deers. He was basically spending time along with the sages near their hermitages. And in next life, the same soul took birth as Jada Bharat. And that was the life where he perfected his life and escaped the cage of entanglement, the subject which we are discussing today. The best part is even if we do not complete the journey in this life, we continue from where we have left in this life. And therefore, it is very, very important that we invest our time, invest our energy in this permanent bank account, in cultivating this knowledge, and freeing this soul from this engagement, this cage. So, we'll now have some questions. We already got some questions. And also, I will share a nice pastime anecdote related to Srila Prabhupada towards the end. And while I cover the questions, I request all the viewers to kindly help me with all the three points, three points together. I have asked each one of you to help me with the first point, the second point. 
if someone can help me all the three points together even if it takes time while i am reading out some questions trying to answer them please try if you can jot down all the three points so the first question is from mrs sadhana gupta nice wonderful devotee of the lord are 8.5 8.4 million species forms of material body alone or are these spiritual forms a good question so this 84 lakh yoniya what we are talking about is actually graded based on the development of consciousness it is said that lot of people think that human beings is one species manushya janma jo humko mila hai that is one species all of us manushya jati it's one species no in manushya jati also the division is not based on caste color creed religion nationality no it is not that indians are one species americans are one species men are one species women bodies are another species particular caste is one species another caste is another species or based on nationality no it's based on development of our consciousness just like in schools how are students graded not based on caste not based on color not based on their nationality based on what level of educated they are what level of education they have gone through so first standard they have well defined textbooks based on their level of comprehension second standard they graduate to next higher level of understanding so likewise this 4 lakh human species is not based on caste color creed religion nationality it's based on development of consciousness in the same family you could be having two different species that's why at times people wonder why does he not chant i have told him so many times a person in the family is chanting 16 rounds the other person is not willing to chant even one round they are eating the same food living in the same house quite possible there's a big difference as far as the spiritual growth is concerned somebody is in first class somebody is in 12th class so this categorization of different species is based on development of consciousness so in human form of life 4 lakh species is based on the one end of the spectrum is completely as i mentioned you know uncivilized aborigines cannibals man eaters nothing to do with god practically like animals that's one end of the spectrum the other end of the spectrum of this 4 lakh species is paramahamsas crystal clear pure consciousness no material desires fully conscious of the lord example being our acharya shila prabhupada so somewhere in between we all fall and we all talked about rarely achieved how civilized uncivilized then gyanis then karmis and our millions of such gyanis we have one who could be liberated from this miseries who have understood what is punya what is papa is engaged in all kind of punya activities is liberated from so called you know bangings of this material existence 
but very rarely a person will take shelter at the lotus feet of the lord and understand the lord in tatvataha in truth that's why krishna in the gita says janma karma chame divyam evam yo veti tatvataha one understands in truth who i am who the lord is what his different activities are why he has created this world such a soul is very very rare so it's based on the development of consciousness not based on the bodies you know many of our bodies may look alike born in the same country born in the same family we have two legs two hands two eyes lot of features resemble but we could be different species this question is from punam garg tabuj it's very difficult to get rid of sense gratification please help yes it is difficult more so in present time with so many allurements with sense objects displayed and presented to us in gorgeous ways i saw an uh, advertisement and it was about the smartphone kar lo duniya muthi mein kar lo duniya muthi mein which is practically true i remember when i was in uh, college those days the vcrs video cassette recorders had just come and in college i remember those days we friends would pull in money and you know in 120 rupees those days definitely the prices were different you could hire a vcr for 8 hours so the person would come deliver the television deliver some cassettes and deliver the vcr player for 8 hours and the charges was 120 rupees so we all friends would pull in somebody is giving 30 rupees 20 rupees 30 rupees 20 rupees four five friends get together and whole night watch some four five movies now today you can watch any movie any time practically free i repeat any movie any episode of any serial any time of the day by paying even if you have to take about netflix just a small subscription amount few hundred rupees a month thousands of document thousands of shows i was meeting a person who said that you know netflix is way ahead of other competitors so the netflix ceo said we have no competition but we have only one thing which we are competing with there is one competition for us and the competition is with sleep we want to keep the audience engaged but unfortunately the body wants sleep and the person is taken away from netflix because he is feeling sleepy that's why the episodes are designed how episode after episode episode after episode the person is hooked and the person may watch serials maybe 3 hours 5 hours 8 hours at a stretch so yes you are right unfortunately this is a age where sense gratification is very prevalent there are allurements all around us in fact this is not something which is not predicted in our scriptures in fact in the shrimad bhagavatam 11th canto 
there is a prediction what is going to unfold in Kali Yuga, how things are going to degenerate and degrade as Kali Yuga progresses. And there it is mentioned that in this age of Kali, Prayena Alpa Aisha Sabhya Kalau Asmin Yuge Jana. Men will be lazy, spiritually lazy, short lived. Alpa Aisha Sabhya Kalau Asmin Yuge Jana. Manda Sumanda Matayo will be less intelligent. Yes, they are brilliant. They are thinking of going to the moon, but less intelligent spiritually. They will not be inquisitive about who I am. How I am encaged, entrapped, they will not be able to see. Less intelligent. So, the Bhagavatam predicts, Kaler doshanidhe rajan, it's an ocean of faults. But, knowing that we are in a very unfortunate situation, the Lord being very, very kind, being very, very merciful, what the Lord has given us, is given us a very discounted process. To get out of this entrapment, to get out of this cage, in earlier times in Satya Yoga, people would go to the forest and meditate for thousands of years. That's how we have Valmiki and you know Vishwamitra and all this kind of Shobari Muni who went underneath water to meditate so that there is no distraction from sense objects. Kalayar dosh nidhe rajan astir eko mahadguna but in Kali Yuga, the Lord, knowing that it's a degraded age and people like us are residing, which are you know, gone cases, Kaler doshanidhe rajan asti. Asti means there is. Eko. Eko means one. Mahadguna. There is one good quality in this age. One good quality. Although there are so many faults. Doshanidhe rajan. It's ocean of faults. Asti reko mahadguna. There is one good quality. What is that? Kirtanad eva krishnasya mukta sangha param rajet. Just by chanting the names of the Lord, mukta sangha will get freed from all these contaminations, all these urges. Again, we have to be patient. We have to follow the process. What we have cultivated, sometimes people may say, I have been chanting for the last two years. Why still I am getting lusty desires? Why still I am getting attracted to sense objects? Why still I am attracted for sense gratification? Two years from the eternal time scale is a small insignificant time. Many many lives in many many species in many many animal forms we have cultivated. We have only dabbled in sense gratification. In all life forms we have dabbled. That has been the goal, the end. In all life forms we have been going full speed in one direction. And just by two years chanting, at least we know that we are going in a wrong direction. And very slowly we start moving in the right direction. So from eternal time scale, two years, five years, ten years, hundred years, it's a small insignificant time. And hence we have to be little patient. This process is authorized. And I'm sure many people have experienced this. The relatives will say, Tum bahut badal gaye ho. Tum pehle aise nahi the. Earlier used to go so many times to movies, now you refuse. How you have changed so much? So that's because this process works. 
But since we also have material desires and so many of them, it takes time. So many urges we have. So therefore, we have to be patient, we have to be enthusiastic and we have to be determined in following this process. Knowing that it is authorized process, knowing that we are on the right path, knowing that we will surely reach the destination, knowing that even if we do not complete in this life, we will continue from where we have left in present life, we should very enthusiastically participate, practice these principles. This question is from Ashwin Srinivasan. How in human form of life segregation happens into different categories like Brahmanas, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas and Shudras? Also does it make difference as material world we are born Shudras? Yes, in earlier times, generally people who were born in Brahmana families were born with those quali Brahmanical qualities. Although Guna Karma Vibhagasha, the general principle was that person in that family is born with those qualities. But in this age, everything is disrupted. Kaler dosh nidhe rajan. So practically, even in the family of a Brahmana, practically kalau shudra sambhava. And the whole caste system, what came about is just because I am born in a Brahmana family, although I have no qualities of a Brahmana and I am engaged in no work, which is, so to say, what a Brahmana should be engaged in, I claim to be a Brahmana and that's how you know the whole rebellion started and the social reformation happened. So yes, in Kali Yuga everyone is born as Shudra, so we should not unnecessarily claim that I am a Brahmana, I am a Vaishya and all those things because all of us are degraded and none of us have the qualities which Brahmanas have or which the Vaishya or Kshatriya should have. This question from Archie, on 5th November YouTube, your Jaipur discourse, it was very informative. The doubt I have is through Gyanindriya, hearing each word, it is not multitasking with doing. Does knowing mean being aware and not hearing each word? Although it is not connected with today's discussion, but nevertheless, I will briefly touch. The question is, when we chant and hear, is hearing also a doing? Are we trying to do two things, chanting, uttering the sounds of Krishna's name and hearing that sound, are we doing two things simultaneously? And also we have heard that we cannot do multitasking effectively. At one time we can do only one thing effectively or efficiently. And the psychologists have also figured out that human mind is wired to do one thing at a time with excellence. Although we have computers doing multitasking, but just that they process information or instructions so fast, it appears that they are executing millions of instructions simultaneously. But actually what is happening is they are executing those instructions, millions of such instructions in a second. It appears that they are multitasking, but actually they are doing one after the other. So, in chanting, yes, we have to chant, do only one thing and that is to utter, to chant. And hearing is not a doing, hearing is knowing that sound. In other words, your mind is involved, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, I am in second Hare, I am chanting Krishna. 
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. So mind is involved, is knowing what you are doing and that is called hearing. Hearing is not a doing. This question is from Suraj Bujbal. What if in another chance of life we fall in material pleasures? That is very much possible because we have free will. That's why the Lord being very kind has personally come to reinstate dharma to guide us. Yada yada hi bhavati bharata. He sent so many representatives, acharyas. He also, we have many devotees whom we can benefit from. Yes, we have a free will. We are prone to fall into sense gratification. But if we are regularly associating with the devotees, nityam bhagavata sevaya, then gradually, all the material desires will vanish and pure desires will manifest. So while we follow this process, we have to, as I mentioned, utsaha, dhairya and nishchaya. We can fall into the clutches of material pleasure. The danger is there. But if we take shelter of the holy name of the Lord, regularly do our morning sadhana, regularly chant the names of the Lord, follow the instructions of acharyas, we can remain safe. Just like present pandemic, it's a good time to, you know, we can easily relate with. There are many people getting infected, but some people who are quite trying their best, although yes, in spite of following all the rules, we can still get infected, but some people who are keeping their health good, they are taking care of immunity. They are following the instructions. They are going out with the mask on. They are not taking, they are not reckless in their behavior. Many of the people are keeping themselves safe. So, but still in spite of that, there is a possibility of a person getting infected. This question is from Anand Bharadwaj. Sometimes it seems thinking of moksha for oneself seems too selfish. Don't we have duties towards our family, society, nation, the world, etc. So, yes, you are right. It appears that uh, striving for moksha appears selfish. Therefore, we are not gunning for moksha. You may be surprised to hear we are not gunning for moksha. The four purusharthas are uh, where a person focuses on uh, the four things, jnana, uh, sorry, I forget that, dharma, artha, kama and moksha. You follow dharma for what? Artha, get money, you get opulence. Kama, so that you can fulfill your material desires and ultimately moksha, you get liberated. Actually, a devotee of the Lord as I said, Koti Mukta Madhye Eka Krishna Bhakta. We are not gunning for moksha. We are gunning for the service to the Lord. We are gunning for surrender to the lotus feet of the Lord. Our scripture says that when we serve the Lord, when we engage in service of the Lord, Mukti stands with folded hands requesting, how can I serve you? But the devotee does not care. He is engaged in service of the Lord. Mukti is small, insignificant thing which is easily achievable for
for a person who is surrendered to the Lord. In fact, a devotee of the Lord does not even request the Lord, I want to go to the spiritual world. Call me to Vaikuntha Loka. He just begs, Oh Lord, kindly engage me in your service. So when we have the household responsibility, we are not saying that you shrug away, run away from that responsibilities, go to the forest and aim for moksha. All what we are saying is being in the family, how we can practice the principles of Krishna consciousness. We all have a desire to eat. We can eat the remnants of the food offered to the Lord. We all have desires to hear nice melodious music. We can change the desire, purify the desire and hear nice beautiful melodious bhajans and kirtans. So being in the family, we can follow the principles of devotional service, bhakti yoga and try to purify our desires without shrugging away from our family responsibilities. That's why in Vedic times, there was different ashramas, kshatriyas, brahmanas, vaishyas, four varnas and four ashramas. Situated in your varna and ashrama, you practice the principles. And mukti, engagement from this trap of material existence is automatically achieved when we surrender to the lotus feet of the Lord. And to surrender to the lotus feet of the Lord, you don't have to leave the family. There are many great devotees of the Lord who were grahasthas, even among the Mahajanas, the 12 Mahajanas, among them many Prahlad Maharaj, Bharat Maharaj, Parikshan, he was not, the many Mahajanas, they were grahasthas, they were married. Bhakti Vinod Thakur, he was a magistrate, but he was a great devotee of the Lord. So we can aspire for that. This question is from Bala Gopala Das. How can a person, especially Grahastha, start practicing Krishna consciousness seriously? In what best way can he engage in seva of the Lord and made to taste this highest happiness? So what we have to do is, I have briefly covered in our previous session, we have to try our best as much as possible to associate with devotees. Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Shastra And by the way, it is not what only our Vedic literatures are saying. It is not only the Hindu Dharma is saying. Every religion talks about it. Even, you know, people read the Quran, the Guru Granth Sahib, and then you, know, you have different scriptures, the Bible. So, Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Shastra Kai, we should aspire, we should long for, we should be eager for, we should invest our time, energy in associating with the devotees. Fortunately, we are living in an age, you know, I am here in Jaipur, you all are sitting at your place. We have an opportunity to interact and understand the subject matter. Technology has made it possible. So in that sense, it's a double-edged sword. On one side, Asatsanga is also available at our fingertips. Satsanga is also available at our fingertips. You can hear all the lectures of Prabhupada free of cost at your own convenience, at your own time. Only thing what we have to pay is our desire. We have to make the right choice. If we are too materialistic, we are too entangled, we even make wrong choices. We utilize the time in wrong way. We make wrong investments. 
So first is we try our best in whatever circumstances we may be in, how we can maximize our association. That's why in our temples, daily without fail, Nashta Prayashubha Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya, we all have daily hearing of the Srimad Bhagavatam, daily reading of our scriptures as part of our schedule. So being in our household, we can try for that. Where there is a will, there is a way. So that's one part. The second part, uh, something related to what I have already mentioned is Asatsangatyaga. On one side, we are trying to ignite fire. We have to fan that fire. We have to ensure the wood is dry. Simultaneously, we have to, while we are fanning and trying to ignite the fire, we should also ensure that we don't put water into that. Then it will nullify all the efforts what we are doing. On one side, Sunday we associate with the devotees and we do a lot of Asat Sangha. Now, yes, I may understand a lot of people may say, no, we have to go to the office. Not everyone is a devotee there. All kinds of gossip will be happening. They'll be talking about IPL. They'll be talking about, you know, all the cricket matches happening. So what do I do? So Bhagavatam gives Anyada Yavat Arthakrit. As much as you is required for your so-called worldly duties, engage that much. Do not hank for, do not long for, do not invest consciously your time. Whatever is required for your sustenance, as much as required, that much asatsanga you can do. So satsanga, positive, we try to maximize and asatsanga, which we invariably do, we try to minimize as much as possible. So when we do these two things, what will happen? Sadhu Sangha, the next step will be the Bhajan Kriya. We'll get inspired, we'll get motivated, we'll have that inspiration that yes, I should also practice. Then Bhajan Kriya, what happens as a result of Bhajan Kriya? If we are persistent in our Bhajan Kriya, then Anartha Nivriti, all the dirty things which are clinging to us, all the materialistic desires which force that soul to remain entrapped life after life in different material life forms, that anartha nivriti happens, that purification of desire happens. And then the next stage is nishtha, the firm faith. So in other words, even though we are grahasthas, the starting point is satsanga, sadhu sangha, which is accessible to all of us. Technology has made that available. We don't have to travel miles and miles. We don't have to pay exorbitant sum of money to have access to that. Anytime, anywhere, any day, it's accessible to us. You can have a small pen drive. You can have all the 700 odd lectures, a thousand odd lectures of Srila Prabhupada in that pen drive. Carry it with you anytime, anywhere you can hear. You can load in your mobile phones these days, 64 GB. Just load, just takes few GBs. You can have all the lectures on your phone. Anytime you can hear. So we try that, maximize that. That's the starting point. Everything else will follow. If you follow these two principles, that is to maximize satsanga, reading Shla Prabhupada's books, and minimize asatsanga, rest everything, Lord will help us to grow spiritually. As a grahastha, try to maximize these two things and minimize the other two things. This question is from Kamal Jyoti Dar. Does after death the soul goes to another body immediately or spiritual planet? Again, depending on the desires, yam yam vapi smaran bhavam, tyasti, depends on our desires. 
the soul gets the next body. How long it takes? Again, depends on the karma of the person, the desires which he has. A person may even not get the body immediately. He may be in the form of a ghost. What is the difference between liberation and bhakti? Liberation is where one can enter into the Brahma Jyoti, which is the effulgence. The liberation can even be, Kamsa got liberation because he got killed by Krishna. Even demons who got killed by Putana got liberated. They got escaped from the engagement of this material body, but they were like spirit sparks in the Brahma Jyoti. But that's not the highest achievement. Yes, you don't have a material body, Aham Brahmasmi, but that's not the highest. But you're devoid of an opportunity to serve the Lord, exchange reciprocal relationship with the Lord. When a devotee serves the Lord in bhakti, devotee serves the Lord and the Lord serves the devotees. The, the devotee is engaged in giving pleasure to the Lord and the Lord is not just sitting quiet and just relishing that service. He is also engaged in serving the devotees, just like Krishna became the chariot driver for Arjuna. So that's the difference between. So bhakti is much, much higher than liberation. When we do bhakti, in fact, when we become pure devotee of the Lord, liberation is automatically achieved. You don't have to separately try for it or strive for it. So, lava matra, sadhu sangha, sarva siddhi hoye. If the microphone, the name while chanting and got to know that me mis mispronounce the name, does that mean we are attentively listening? If we mispronounce the name while chanting and got to know that we mispronounce the name, does that mean we are attentively listening? Yes, if we are conscious of what we are chanting and knowing that chant, you will come to know that you are not chanting full mantra or not chanting distinctly or missing some words then definitely you will come to many times we may be chanting inattentively and we may not even know that we are skipping some words while in the full mantra. <clears throat>